Hey, you guys did a great job. That's awesome. That's our youth band. Good job. Really, really good. I'm looking forward to them doing the offering song at the end of the service. Y'all can be seated. Everybody doing good today? I want you to uh, look at a verse of scripture tonight in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. It is from our text on our series, The Spirit of Faith. Say it with me. The Spirit of Faith is? It is the Spirit of Victory. And so when you have uh, the Spirit of Faith then, you can walk in victory with the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 4.13 it says, We have in the same Spirit of Faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. Now there's something interesting about faith that we need to know. Um, in the natural realm, what happens if you eat and eat and eat and never exercise? Okay? So what happens that we become, we could say we become deficient, if you will, in, uh, in, uh, in muscle and uh, we can become flabby. And you know, the older you are and the less you exercise, the flabbier one can get. But we're not talking about that tonight. And it's the same exact thing with faith. You know, in Romans ten seventeen it says, So then faith cometh by what? So we know how faith comes. Of course, it's been dealt to us. The measure of faith's been dealt to us. It's been given unto us. It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But additionally now, it comes and it is developed by exercising it. So faith is like a muscle. It needs to be exercised in order for it to be developed. Amen. I was talking to Pastor Tom yesterday in my office, and he's doing some sort of exercise, five, ten minutes a day or something, to, to uh, build up his metabolism. And he's doing really good. And uh, so you can do the same thing. Just uh, look up Dr. Oz's metabolism buster. <laughs> now, seriously, in order for faith to grow, it's got to be exercise. And don't get into this situation where you compare yourself with Kenneth Copeland. Because Kenneth Copeland's been at it for longer than you have. And so what you want to do is start out where you're at. Amen? Uh, don't wait until something real serious comes along to use your faith. Use your faith right now. Amen? Use your faith, you know, for a dollar. God will meet your need. He is faithful. And so it's faith in His Word and it's faith in His faithfulness that really, really will get results. So we've looked at, at quite a few different people from Hebrews chapter 11, and we've talked about different aspects of faith. We started the series out by talking on how that faith is like a diamond. It has several different aspects to it, and it's just wonderful how faith expresses itself through different individuals. You will discover in your life that perhaps you're stronger in one area of faith than you are in another area of faith. Well, that's okay. We're just growing and we're just getting developed. Amen? Amen? But now notice, how many of you know that faith was expressed in Enoch's life by walking with God? Yeah. Amen. Enoch walked with God. And in order for us to walk with God, we must believe that He is. Believe He's there. Believe He's real. And believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Okay? So, uh, who else have we looked at? Help me along. We looked at Noah last week. So how was Noah's faith expressed? Well, faith prepares. And Noah prepared the ark. And it took several years. But he just kept at it. He just stayed with it. He just brought his lunch bucket and stayed on the job. And everybody around him thought maybe he was crazy. He just kept on doing the will of God. And then that flood came. And Noah's house was saved. His household was saved. I'm thankful that faith prepares. Has God showed you anything to do? Has God given you a word? Has God prompted you in your spirit? Maybe not to build an ark, but maybe go take a class. 
Has he prompted you in your spirit? Maybe not to take a class, but go apply for that job. That little leading of the Holy Spirit, that little unction of the Holy Spirit. You step out in faith, do what he tells you to do, and you're getting prepared what he's got for you. Now the truth of the matter is, is God's got great things for all of us. He's got awesome things for every one of us. And he, and he is intimately acquainted with each and every one of our lives. And you're special to him. We are his special treasure. And so special treasures then, in God's eyes, he gives special assignments. And so there again, you don't want to compare yourself with the assignment maybe that Jimmy Vasquez has. Your assignment may be completely different than Luther Jones has. But we rejoice in the assignments that God gives us. We rejoice in the life that God has entrusted us with. And then we steward these assignments with faithfulness. And we honor God with our lives. Whatever he has you to do. Do it with all your might. And make sure then that you are prepared. See, Brenda and I were not prepared for full-time ministry when we were 24, 21, 23 years old. And that's why God gave us the assignment to go to a Bible school. And I'm so glad that he led Brenda to Ramah (laughs) the same year I was there. We met in 1976. We lived in an apartment across the street from the Bible school. I didn't have anything. My brain cells were being rejuvenated at the time. So I was getting back to somewhat normal, whatever normal is. But God placed Brenda right in the apartment on top of me. And so we went... And we got prepared for Bible school. And we weren't prepared to come to California when we graduated in 1977. We had to learn. We had to grow. And so the first little church we took had 12 people. And they were all relatives. I didn't even know what a Pentecostal was back then. But they were Pentecostals. God took a Catholic boy out of the north and... Brought them together with a Midwest farmer's daughter, kind of out of the south. And brought a Pentecostal and Catholic together. So God was preparing us in that season for our next steps. And you'll find that God has steps for you to take. And so you might just as well enjoy every season. And you might just as well enjoy every step. Because every step, in every season, God's got a purpose to it. Doesn't he? Say with me, God's got a purpose purpose. for my life. And so I learned a lot in that church with 12 people. I learned more what not to do than what to do. I learned a whole lot more what not to say than to say. God helped me. God helped me to grow and he, he groomed us and then brought us to the next step and to the next season of life. And then to the next You know one thing about God, He's he's always got a great season for you. He's always got something good for you. And the Bible says He'll take you from glory to glory. You might be saying, well, man, that sounds good and that's great for you, Pastor, but what about me? What about you? God's no respecter of persons. His plan is good for all of us. Say it with me, his plan yeah. <coughs> is good, good. For, all for all of us. And so faith prepares. Faith prepares. Get prepared for what he's got for you. Are you prepared for what he's prepared for you? Amen? We did a, a little teaching along the lines of prepare on a Sunday night, and P stands for pray. Amen? R, I think, stands for research. You've got to sometimes 
research and study things out and look around and see what the Lord is saying to you. Research. Amen. Pre. What does E stand for? Endure. There's times you just have to, you have to endure the tight spots. You have to endure the hard spots. You know, God's the God of the tight spots. He's the God of the hard spots. He can see you through any dark hour. And so what's the next letter? P. What does that one stand for? You got to remain pliable. See, I forgot that one. You got to remain, remain pliable. In other words, be willing to bend. Be willing to change if God says change. You know? You ever been on the road and been lost? And men are so ignorant sometimes. They're so full of pride. They, they refuse to ask for directions. And I hear a lot of amens from the women. But you just, you know what? If you're lost, you're lost. You got to be pliable. If you get into a, a God assignment and he is leading you to do something, and maybe you stray away on how he would have you to do it, just stop. And look and listen and be pliable. The next one is A. What's that one? Announce. There comes a time where you have to announce what the vision is. You have to declare. Declare. Speak. Say. Prophesy. Declare the end from the very beginning. This is how it's going to be. We're going to get out of debt. Big checks are coming my way. My children are coming into the kingdom of God. Announce it. You see, death and life, they're in the power of the tongue. And then R stands for rest. I'm so glad you're here tonight, Kimberly. See, God gave me the message. I forgot it. And Kimberly's got it written down. I like that. Rest. You know, you just got to rest in God and not worry about stuff. When you put it over in God's hands, you rest in Him, and you do everything that you know to do, according to the Word of God, what more can you do? But just rest and thank Him that He is God and that He is faithful. And the last one? The last one is E, enter in. That's a good little teaching, isn't it? But you didn't know that teaching. You weren't there. All right. Now tonight, we're going to look for a little while at this statement. Say this with me. Faith Faith obeys. obeys. Let's look over at Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews the 11th chapter. Notice with me in verse 8. You didn't get James Thomas's teaching from Sunday night. You ought to get it. He's learning to trust the Lord, not his parents. Woo! Thank God. I pray he grows in trust. A little more to go, but he's doing well. All right. Our Hebrews, the book of Hebrews. Everyone say Hebrews. Now notice this. Hebrews 11, 8. Let's read it together, shall we? Ready, read. That was pretty good. So, by faith, now notice, when Abraham was called, he didn't just went. He was sent. Like one preacher once said, he said, I think just some just went and others were sent. But notice that Abraham was called to go. In other words, this was his assignment. To go out into, and this is significant, it might spill over into Sunday morning's message, but notice that phrase, place. Everyone say a place. 
Did God have a place for him? Does God have a place for you? You will find that the blessing of God is oftentimes connected to a place. He's called to go out into a place. What if he hadn't gone? I guarantee you he wouldn't be in Hebrews 11. He's called out to go into a place which he should after receive. Notice, he had to go first and then receive it second. He had to go first and then he had to find it secondly. So it took him faith to go. Faith has to do with things you don't see. Which you should have to receive for an inheritance. Let's look at that next word. Everyone see, he obeyed. He obeyed. And he went out not knowing where he was going. You ever felt like that before? You knew God put an assignment on you. You knew he told you to go, but you didn't know exactly where to go. Faith obeys. Now I love what the Amplified says at the tail end of this verse of Scripture. In verse 8, it says, He did not trouble his mind, for his faith was manifested by his obedience. That's all right. Just turn it off. It's okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, we're having a little fun. But I think that's important that we, that we understand this. That Abraham is the father of faith, if you will. He is an example of our faith. And I think one of the things that he exemplifies so clearly is that Abraham was cool. Abraham obeyed the 11th commandment. Thou shalt not sweat it. Abraham was not troubled in his soul. Your soul can be filled with trouble if you allow the thoughts of the evil one to toy with your mind. And Abraham, he could have started wringing his hands and looked at his family and says, Well, God... Called us out, but I don't know what we're going to do. I just don't know what we're going to do. He could have paced the tent floor all day long and all night long. Now listen. One way that we bring trouble to our souls is by this thing right here. The tongue. Francis Martin years ago wrote a book called Hung by the Tongue. One preacher said years ago, it's not so much gun control we need, but it's tongue control. Because it is true that death and life are in the power. Norval Hayes said years ago, and I like the way Norval would get so radical. He said, you are your mouth. That's another way of saying you can have what you say. So one way... That a person's soul can be troubled is through their words. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his soul from troubles. And so, rest. And while you're resting, rejoice. Amen? So again in the Amplified it says, He did not trouble his mind, his faith was manifested by obedience. Now, I'm going to take you through a little quick word study on the word faith and obedience. Look at Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Acts 6, verse 7. This principle in the Word of God is, is, is very clear. It's, it goes over and over again. 
about the idea, the principle of faith and obedience. Acts 6 and 7, it says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem, and a great company of the priests were obedient to what? Faith and obedience. Now turn over to Romans chapter 1, verse 5. Romans, the first chapter, the fifth verse. Among whom you are also called of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now go over to Romans 10, 16. It says there, But they have not obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah saith, Who has believed our report? And then go to Romans 16, verse 26. And here's one we really want to look at. Romans 16, verse 26 says, But now is made manifest, and by the scripture of the prophets, according to the commandments of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the what? The obedience of faith. To be a person, a man or a woman of God, a man or a woman of faith, there is always going to be obedience attached to it. You know, God just relishes and just absolutely is unwilling to do without men and women who will just simply obey him. He's looking for obedient children. Do you know there's a difference between those who are called and those that are chosen? Jesus said that many are called, but few are chosen. What's the difference? The difference is faithfulness and obedience. See, a person can be called and never do anything with the call. And be disqualified. But that's not us. Look at Genesis chapter 12 verse 1. Faithfulness will make the difference. Genesis 12 chapter the first verse says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Get out first, I'll show you second. It takes faith. It takes obedience. You know it takes faith to leave what you know. You know, I'm not sure how old Abraham was at that time, but you know, he could have had a membership at a country club for all I know. He could have had a seat at the restaurant in town that was you know, just a five-diamond restaurant, and he would could have been a person that was known well in the community. It takes faith to leave what you know. The Bible says this. In Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, look over there. Isaiah 1, verse 19. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Can you say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah? Amen. Amen. Isaiah 1, verse 19, let's read it together. If you be willing. If you be what? Willing and obedient. If you be willing, and if you're obedient, you're going to eat the best God's got in this land. All right, turn over to Job 36. And let's look at verse 11. So God says, I want you to leave. I'll show you later. Abram went out and rented a U-Haul. He's out there renting a U-Haul and maybe some of his friends came up and said, Are you leaving? What's up? Where are you going? Well, guys, I'm fixing to move. Well, where are you moving? I don't know. Are you moving across town? No, I'm not moving across town. I'm leaving. But where are you going? I don't know. 
Now, he was respected in the community, and they probably wouldn't have said it to his face, but when they got around the corner, you know they were talking. He must have a screw loose. The guy's lost it. But notice in Job 36, verse 11. Read it with me. If. Now, let's stop right there. If is a conditional word, is it not? We saw it in Isaiah 119. If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You will not just eat the good of the land just because you're a Christian. No, that's right. You will not eat the good of the land just because you come to church. That's right. Now notice. If there's a condition. If they obey me and serve me, they shall spend. Thought you girls would get happier about that. If they obey and serve me, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years. I'm glad he didn't say, you know what, guys, if you obey and you serve me, Your life is going to really, really be the pits. (laughs) And you'll have no pleasure in life. As a matter of fact, your life is going to be cut short. But just take up your cross and follow me. Now, there's truth in taking up our cross and following him. That's the obedient part. That's the serving part when it is not convenient. Come on. It's not always convenient to be at your post in the local church. It's not always convenient to be in the nursery or to be in CIA. It's not always convenient for me to be up here in the pulpit preaching and teaching. I mean, let's face it. Let's be honest about it. There are sacrifices involved in being a Christian. And there are fruits of discipline that must be developed. If more Christians were where they should be, we would not have to ask people to serve. People would be in line to serve. So taking up your cross and following Him, yes, there's a price to pay. Yes, there's a cost to count for serving God. But oh, it pays rich dividends. Now you don't serve him because of the prosperity. You don't serve him because of the pleasure. But God gets the benefit and the great pleasure and joy out of blessing his sons and their daughters when they serve him with all of their heart. And you shall serve the Lord your God. And he will take sickness away from the midst of you. I'm glad he didn't say, if you take up your cross and follow me, if you serve me and obey me, I'm going to put a burden on you that you just can't handle. I'm so glad that my father loves me and that he loves you. And so, get the picture now. Abraham is, he's launching out. It took some faith to do that. Notice with me in verse 2 through 4 of Genesis 12. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Amplified says, you shall be a blessing, and you will dispense good to others. And I will bless them that bless you. And I will curse them that curse you. Notice it doesn't say you'll have to bless yourself. It doesn't say that when people come against you to curse you, you'll have to curse them back. No, God is your reward. God is your protector. God is your blesser. And he says, and in thee shall all families of the earth be what? Let's read verse four together. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. 
And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. 75 years old. And people say, I'm retired. Sometimes I think people that say they're retired are really, that's not politically correct, but mildly retarded. I don't know. That's not right. But, but I don't believe in retirement in the kingdom of God. Now, you can retire from your job, but you should never retire from your kingdom job. I found a scripture in the Word of God that says that those that be planted in the house of the Lord, they shall be fat. Not, not like this, but fat. I mean, you know, blessed and flourishing. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord. And he says, they will still bring forth fruit in old age. How old is old? I don't know how old old is. All I know is I'm getting older. And the older I get, the more fruit I'm looking forward to bringing forth for the glory of God. How about you? Surely my job description may take on a different uh, picture, a different format, you know, when I get into my 70s, but I'm not going to retire. I'm planning on refiring. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. You know, when God tells you to do something, He, he might tell you to give $100 when you only have $100 left in your checking account. Did you know that? He's not trying to get something out of you. He's trying to get something to you. And so we see here that Abraham went out not knowing. It's not a sin not knowing. In 1982, Brenda and I came to California not really knowing. We just knew we were heading in the right direction. Not knowing. You don't have to know everything all at once. You just take the step and all the time say it with me real strong. I'm always in the right place. I'm always in the right place. At the right time. Now I said this in the beginning of this message and we're getting toward the tail end of it. And I said this and I mean it. Attached to God's blessing on your life is the blessing place. There is a place that is right for you, that is ordained of God for you. That is where the blessing is for your life. Listen to this statement. God gives grace for your place. And that will enable you to run your race and to finish your course. Now say this with me. Raise your right hand toward heaven and say with me, My Father father gives grace grace for my place, place. which enables me me to run my race race and to finish my course. I want to close by inserting one more thought, one more principle into your hearts before we go home tonight. And that is this. Faith surely is an obeyer. Doubt is a disobeyer. Whatever he speaks to you, like when they turn the water and turn the water into wine, whatever he says to you, do it. Last principle I want to share with you tonight is this. Faith looks for the fulfillment of God's word. Faith looks for it. Say that with me. Faith Faith. obeys. Obeys. And then faith looks for it. Abraham went out. The Bible says he was looking for a city whose builder... And maker is God. He never really settled down. Do you know that? 
He was rich. He had tons of cattle. He had abundance. He was highly blessed of God. But the Bible said they lived in tents. And they just kept moving. Looking for a city. And so what faith does. I can see Abraham coming to a certain place. Says, yeah, that's, that's great. That's nice. But that ain't it. Amen. <laughs> Listen, friends. Faith looks for the right place. Faith looks for it. Lord, help me to communicate this tonight in a way that is clear. How many of you ever looked for a place to live? How many of you ever looked for a car to purchase? Maybe you looked in the newspaper or you you looked... uh, you know, in another city, you looked in Modesto, you looked in all over the place. How about you guys? Ever ever looked for a suit? Look for a suit? I just bought a suit online. I was looking. I'm in faith. I believe I receive a new suit. But then I've got to look for it. And so I have a favorite place online that's highly discounted. And I paid $359 for a $1,500 suit. That's a deal. Now, I could have sat there in my office and said, Oh, Lord, thank you for bringing me the suit. No, he brought me the money. And then he says, Now, son, go get your suit. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for a suit and I saw it and just, it didn't, it wasn't right. You know, I don't want to get over spiritual about suits and clothes, but you know what you like. You know, what'll look good on you. You know what kind of, you know, they, they build cars every day, every day. What color do you want? What style do you want? You go to the dealership, and you're in faith, you believe you've received an automobile, God's blessed you with the ability either to make the payment or just to pay cash. Thank you, Lord. And some slick salesman comes up to you and tries to sell you something. We used to call them Lake Street Louis. Lake Street was a street down in South Minneapolis, and the car dealerships, we call them Lake Street Louis, you know, real slick salesman trying to put one over on you. You may see a car and it may look good, it may look pretty, it may just seem really fine and you like it. Yet on the inside, it's not right. God knows everything about that car. He knows whether the mechanics were paying attention when they were putting it together or not. So when you're looking for it and you're going forth in faith for something or somewhere... Or even someone. <laughs> you got to be led. You got to be led. I mean, she may look super fine. And he may look fly, whatever that is. Did I get that right? He may look fly, is that right? Okay. But... The most important thing is this, is what do you have down here? What signals are you picking up in your spirit? Are you getting like a, a check, like a red light? Yeah, yeah he, 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 he looks good, but something's just not right. And it might be that it's not that he's not right. It might be that he's just not right for you. Because God knows who's right for you and who's not right for you. And I believe with all of my heart, he's put the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to lead us, to guide us so that we can know the things that are truly given to us of God. And so all the time when you're looking for it, 
You're checking it. I know Pastor Tom is a master at this. He told me of someone the other day that was a better shopper and more diligent than he is in looking for deals. And I'm thinking, wow, that guy's got to be good. Because Pastor Tom, when Pastor Tom's given an assignment, I don't even think about it. I just know we're going to come up with the best deal that we can possibly get because PT is on it. But PT's not only on it, he's led by the Spirit. Because you can be looking for the cheaper, but cheaper is not always better. Because cheaper can fall apart sooner than better. And so we want to be led. We want to be led by the Spirit. You know, deep is crying out for deep. The depth of the things... That God has placed in your heart. How many of you just know in your heart that there's more in God? That there's more for our nation. There's more for our lives. There's more even for our position. There's just more. You know why you have that? Because in the depths of your heart, you know that there's more because there is more. And the other side of the deep, the deep in you, and the deep in God's heart, is crying out. And you're crying out. He said, son, daughter, come on. Come on up. And when you begin to discover the depth of his will and his plan for your life in Every area of your life. You just got to make sure that you look for it with expectancy and faith. And you don't get tired or become impatient and let your faith go. You know, some people, they're just too impatient. Well, bless God, Pastor, I've, I've been waiting for a mate 30 years. I've dated a hundred different women. And none of them were right. Yeah, but there's more. There's better. I'm not trying to start a dating service tonight. (laughs) Brenda just gave me the balance. If you dated a hundred, maybe you should wait on the Lord. All right, got that. All right. Bad illustration, but I'm tuned pretty good with a hoarse voice tonight. Amen. So faith asks and faith looks. Say it with me. I can know by the witness. So stay after it. Don't become impatient. And above all, don't you dare settle for less than God's best. In closing, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 18. I hope you're getting some help tonight. I know I'm getting help because I'm preaching to myself. 1 Kings 18. There's been a famine. There's been a drought. I mean, they're in bad shape. And first... uh, Kings chapter 18, verse 41. The prophet just knew something in his spirit. He must have heard something in his spirit. Because in verse 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, which was his servant, They hadn't seen rain for a long time. He said, Get up, eat, and drink, for there is a sound of abundance. (laughs) I like that word. Everyone say, Abundance. There is a sound of an abundance of revival in the USA. And it's looking like it's dry. He says, get up and eat now, Ahab, because there is a sound of an abundance of rain. I believe God began to work with the prophet. And so Ahab, he went up. 
to eat and to drink. And Elijah went down to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth. And he put his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Ahab, go up now. Look toward the sea. And he went up and he looked. And he said, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing. Prophet, there ain't nothing happening. Ahab probably wanted to go to the house just like we've wanted to go to the house sometimes. Because sometimes it seems like in church life and in family life and just life in general that nothing's happening. But the prophet said, and here's his persistence, go again. Came back second time, nothing. The prophet said, I have seen, I have heard the sound of the abundance of rain. You just get up there and you go again. The servant goes out, looks over the sea, nothing. Fourth time, he goes out and he looks, nothing. And so, the prophet is absolutely determined for him to keep looking. And on that seventh time, verse 47, And it came to pass, at the seventh time, that he said, Can't you just see the prophet? Prophet said, Go, keep going, boy, keep going, keep going. And the seventh time, the, the servant didn't come back all excited. He said, Well, there's a little cloud out there by the sea. And you know, it looked like looks like a man's hand. And Elijah got into overdrive. And he said, Woohoo, go up. And you say unto Ahab, you better get your chariot ready, boy, and get you down that the rain stop you not. Verse 45. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Now notice. The prophet was diligent. He said, there's a big rain coming. You know what? Big checks are on the way. Big chunk checks are coming your way. Promotion time is coming your way. The reins of the Spirit are falling. Revival is on its way. And this revived the prophet. And the Bible says in verse 46, And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins, and he ran before Ahab, to the entrance of Jezreel. The Holy Ghost came upon him, revived his soul, and he outran the horses and the chariots. Glory. Woo, glory to God. So faith looks for it. Faith won't let anyone talk you out of it. Just keep expecting. Amen. Some of you are closer now than you've ever been. One thing I know for sure is God always shows up in an atmosphere of expectation. Tonight, I just want you to know that I'm hearing the sound of rain. I'm hearing the sound of abundance. And I'm expecting God to show up in a mighty way. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, crying and whining and belly aching and complaining because it hasn't happened yet won't do you any good. It'll disqualify you. So let's just stand to our feet right now and closing it. Let's just lift our voice and let's just give him praise. Father, we give you praise tonight. Oh, we thank you tonight. We thank you tonight. We're expecting awesome things. We're expecting great things. Lord God, in our individual lives. Lord, we're expecting every organ and every tissue of our bodies. To function in the perfection to which you created it to function. 
Father, we're expecting a great and glorious future for our young people in this church. Thank you, Father, for divine connections for them. Thank you for moving on their behalf, Lord. Glory to God. Don't you give up. Don't you let go. Just lift up your eyes and look. Lift up your eyes and see all that the Lord would have for you. Thank you, Father. Let's stir ourselves up just a moment or two tonight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Faith obeys. Faith looks for it. Keep looking. Keep looking. Endeavor to be led by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I see that, Lord. Thank you, Father, for it. Just pray with me for a moment. Thank you, Lord. I don't know who it is, but there's someone here tonight that recently, I can't say the exact time, but recently there has been a door that shut on you. And I believe what the Holy Spirit is saying, don't let that throw you. Don't let that cause you to get off track. Because I am the God who opens doors for you that no man can shut. And if you will just stay strong and stay put, you will see the plan of the Lord unfold before you. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I don't want anyone looking around. I want to see the hand or the hands of those that that was for. Raise your hand. Thank you, Father, right now. In the name of Jesus. Okay, let's all just lift up our hands. I pray, Lord, for my friends, your people here tonight. Oh, thank you, Lord. Don't be discouraged is what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The divine encouragement is coming your way tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your divine supernatural encouragement, your love, would just settle upon your people tonight. Thank you, Father, for turning things around now. Turning things around. And I do believe also that the Lord would say this, that the thing and those things that I have just out ahead of you are so, so far out and beyond the other thing that's closed. So rejoice and be glad in that. And expect me to do it in your life. Amen? Amen. You believe it? All right. Awesome. Glory to God. Well, glory to God. You may be seated. Praise God.